You're listening to DraftKings Network. Yeah, I talk shit about coaching all the time. That's my job. I'm here to talk shit. I get paid money to talk shit about teams and then hear shit back and then spew it right back. But um, a thankless job. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody, this is Allison Lucan, and we are back uh, with episode five of Too Many Men. And as always, joined by the wonderfully amazing Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> from as we're all homebound, homebound in Carolina, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how oh. are you? Um, I've seen some better days. I'll be honest with you. I've been quarantining by myself for. 11 days now but my roommates shout out abby and chris just got back with a bunch of food so i'm thinking there's going to be some better days ahead um i miss my family but it is what it is right at least i have my health i can have i'm luckier than most how are you guys doing (laughs) shana how are you handling all of this we said when we said when we called this too many men they took it literally and took all the men off the sporting fields yeah right (laughs) We keep like predicting the wrong thing. <laughs> We're that impactful. Clearly. <laughs> Shana, how are things going though, in all seriousness? I mean, they're going well. I've knit a lot and I've been doing a lot of puzzle a lot because I'm 90 years old. A lot of puzzle? Singular? A lot, doing a lot of a puzzle. Oh, of a puzzle. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm giving you daily updates of my fucking puzzle. That's how bored this we are. This is where we are, folks. This yeah. is where we are. <laughs> And how are you? I'm I'm hanging in. Um, my poor husband and I have been self quarantined for is it since two Fridays ago? So yeah, here we are. Um, and we're gonna hopefully have um, an actual expert join us for maybe a special episode later this week to talk more about um, where we are with COVID nineteen and and that'll be out there just for people who want to learn more, understand more about why we're doing what we're doing. We'll have that um, coming out soon, but. As we have committed to all of you awesome people who continue to listen and continue to buy merchandise, thank you so much. Um, we want to bring some fun and levity and talk about what's going on in the world. And we have come up with some topics. Um, Shana, first of all, you brought up right away. We, last week, we talked about teams that were not taking care of their part-time employer employees. Excuse me. And we did get a couple more updates after our episode recorded. So do you want to bring us up to speed there? Yeah, so we have our shit list, and a couple teams moved off of it. The Minnesota Wild, I think right after we finished recording, came out that they were paying their employees instead of the Vegas Golden Knights, so you can cross them off. Um, The Sabres fell, you know, even lower on our shit list. They are not paying their employees until the games are canceled, so every postponed game, uh, they're not paying, and now they laid off even more employees, so... They can fuck right off with that. Um, <laughs> the Bruins finally came out with a plan. They were the last team to do so, but it sucks. They're following the same path as the Sabres in that they are not paying employees until everything's canceled. So, you know. They do. They need the money now. I know. Yeah. And uh, if the games aren't canceled, you're, you're, you, have, you, have, you know, rich people stay rich because they keep their money. But when you have you know, what did we look it up? $3.6 billion, share the wealth just a little bit. And um, 
Where else? Uh, the NHL is cutting salaries for employees. That was reported today by, I think, Emily Kaplan of ESPN. And the this is the interesting one. The Devils and the Sixers were announcing salary cuts, and the Montreal Canadiens announced layoffs today. Um, both had plans in place to support their part-time employees, you know, through, I think it was through the end of March, both of them. The Devils and Sixers, after there was so much pushback, actually came out and apologized and made it right you know, reversing their decision. So it sucks that they made the wrong call to begin with, but it's great to see that they can actually fix what they did wrong. And a lot of companies should be taking note and teams should definitely take note there because you can make a wrong situation right. Yeah, I think that was huge too, because I mean, we know this in all aspects, like this is a copycat league. And I think with two teams and the league doing it today at first, like that's a pretty scary prospect and I had a couple folks who work for different NHL teams reach out they were kind of like well I guess now we're just waiting for our announcement too right and so with the with the Devils and the Sixers kind of changing that I think it's huge that maybe this isn't going to be a massive like team by team just falls and does the exact same thing right away you know yeah hopefully not hopefully it's not just everyone following each other's course and doing the wrong thing Sarah, you can hope for. Hopefully, not literally everybody does the wrong thing, right? The bar is on the floor. Yeah, the the bar is on the floor. We're on the floor from being at the bar in our homes. Like worst limbo ever. Sarah, so Sarah, what has been your reaction watching all of this go from a team by team and league perspective? I'm like those anti drug commercials where the people are on their couch, like deflated i don't know if you've ever seen those um (laughs) but that's just how i feel in general right now but i think um i don't know i just hope everybody does the right thing i'm glad that i can report that the hurricanes are doing the right thing but the people need to get paid right now like this is the time of crisis the whole point of not suspending their pay is to pay them accordingly right now like the games aren't coming back let's get real right yep Right. I mean, it's just, I mean, and that's the thing, like, it's people like your part-time workers, your staff people who are also supporting the local business and ordering out at restaurants, and it, it all just feeds each other. I can't imagine how some of these people who are in really, really dire straits and particularly have multiple mouths to feed, I just can't, it's got to be so scary. So, so scary. Yeah. Definitely agree with you there. <sighs> but, yo, good on the devils. And the Sixers. Like, who, how yeah, do- good for like admitting that you're wrong. God, that's rare these days. And they did it. It was quick. It was it was within hours. It's not like they waited and waited. And they reversed the decision. They came out with a you know, strong statement apologizing and outright saying, we did the wrong thing. Yeah. It's so huge mm-hmm. to just admit, you fucked up. We're yeah. sorry. Like, yeah. we shouldn't have fucked up in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Don't make excuses. You did. We fucked up. We're fixing it. Great. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and like, to do it so quickly, like you said, and to be... So I, I thought it was a, quite a transparent statement from the club, honestly. Yeah. And to uh, yeah, that's what got me. Because how you do something, I think, is just as important. Like some of these teams, even like how long did it take the Bruins to say something? Like it didn't take you that long to figure this out. Yeah. And if it did, you could just say like Tom Dundon did. Hey, we have a plan, or we're making a plan. Just give us a second, <laughs> so just so you know that it's like these people can have like anti-anxiety. Exactly. That's so true. Like not knowing that's terrible. Right. So like all the, and, and then Marissa reported too, that even after that announcement, did you see that employees still had not heard anything? 
Like yeah. the statement yeah. went out, but the, like that's great and all, but how do they like file? How do they, I mean, it's insane. Yep. She, she covered it so well. Got to give a huge shout out to everything yeah. Marissa's doing at the Boston Herald. She's kicked ass on the storyline with the Bruins and everything going on and speaking to employees. Absolutely. That's my baby. <laughs> that was awkward. Go Marissa. <laughs> Amazing. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's shift to some hockey talk. Um, there's a lot, a lot of people are doing this, but we thought that since our opinions are usually better and right anyway, that we would offer ours on the NHL awards that usually get handed out at the end of the season. And as this goes on, this, we may have seen the end of the season, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, the athletic did do a poll. Uh, none of us voted in it. <laughs> um, so it's, Sarah was busy. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I'm like mentally ill right now. And I think that's actually helping people to admit. um, But yes, it's been a kind of rough time. I'm like, all the notifications, I'm like, I can't even look at any of these notifications. But we're on our way back to recovery. So that's why I didn't participate. (laughs) Shana and I uh, were not able to. uh, So um, let's start with the heart. Um, Top three. Well, first, let's have this conversation. The heart is the MVP award. Yes, we all know this. Should your team have to make it to the playoffs to be nominated for the heart? Sarah? No. Okay. No. No. <laughs> Big no is all around. <laughs> no. Because isn't the point, even like, I'm thinking someone like Panarin. Like, yep. Yep. it's, maybe the reason they didn't make it is because they have to rely on one person so heavily. And that's the point of being the most valuable player. Right. Totally. I completely agree. But it like, it just amazes me that people think that should matter. You know? Yeah. It maybe to an extent, if you're 28th in the league, you have Connor McDavid on your team and he literally cannot drag your asses (laughs) up the standings. I I, I understand it because you're not going to see that value as much as you might want to and whatever. But if you're a team that's in the wild card mix and you just fall short, you know, I know Nathan McKinnon on the Avalanche, it was the conversation a couple of years ago when they, oh, right, they right, didn't right. make it, right? Right, right. So clearly the most valuable player to his team, you are not necessarily the best player, but you most likely are like one of the best. You might not have the support, but the bottom line is this trophy is the most valuable player. What is your impact on this team? And if you're a player like mm-hmm. Artemi Panarin, your impact is huge. You, you aren't surrounded by superstars. Your best, this next best player is Mika Zibanejad and he missed time and he kept on going. And here's the other big part. They don't play together at even strength. For yeah, the most exactly. Part. I'm gonna like, tell that's Hank, why I would vote for him. I'm going to tell right. Hank that you said he's not a superstar, Shayna. I mean, they barely play <laughs> Hank. I'm just telling you. Lundqvist is a superstar in his own right and he could have won that trophy. Literally every year the Rangers were in the playoffs. It could have been his every single year because they did nothing and he was doing all the things, but no one noticed. So I think we are all saying we have Panarin as one of our top three for the heart, correct? Yeah, he's, he's my In number conclusion. one. Yeah. And like, I don't, this sucks for all of these things at every level of sport, right? But like, until you watch Panarin all the time or any player really, like, you don't know how good he is. Exactly. Right? Like, and that's, I know, like, this is the same thing as stupid college football polls and everything. Like, how much of this have you actually seen before you make your votes or nominations? 
But like it just I said this when this whole conversation started, like I don't think that Panarin gets the respect he should get across the league still. And he's played yep. in two of the biggest markets and he still doesn't get it. It just blows my mind. If you have not truly watched Artemi Panarin, Panarin play, you should because it's pretty impressive in my opinion. Yep. We spoke about so this fun. a lot. Yeah. When he went from Columbus to the Rangers, like he's a player that I watched a ton with Chicago and Columbus because, uh, you know, I, I liked his game from when he came into the league and I knew he was outstanding. And, you know, Columbus, I take a special focus on because of everything <laughs> Allison writes, you know, it makes me watch them more than I already did. So now to watch him every single game and get into the nitty gritty uh, last off season, I wrote a story. Should the Rangers pay him? And what was you my know, answer? To put it so simply, <laughs> pay him. Like, whatever he wants, pay him. There's, He's that good. He's good offensively. He drives play. He can pass. He's shooting the puck more this year. And he's good defensively. Like, there's everything you could want. You know, coaches and teams that talk about compete and battling and all of that. Like, he is the player you want in every single situation because he's that good and he doesn't stop playing. So, you know, if you don't watch him and you're bored during this break, NHL TV's free for the year. Go watch him. Just go watch his games. Watch everything he does because it's so much fun every time he's on the ice. Okay, I have a controversial take, and I had this. I, I will put this idea forth for consideration. So I was talking to someone in women's college hockey about the Ka- Patty Kazmaier Award, which goes to the best player that yes. year. And this person and I were talking about how it's so interesting that, like, in the Heisman race, like, schools put together literal campaigns to campaign for their player to be nominated for the Heisman. Like they send shit out to voters. Like it's a literal marketing campaign thing that happens, but it doesn't happen for other major awards at the professional level. Should teams basically be able to put out like a promo, like a four year consideration package on players? Hmm. Yeah. I think they do that with um, men's college hockey too. Right. Or is like with the Hobie Baker or do I, am I making that up? Well, I don't know if they do like, and I, I only Penn State did because nobody knows about nobody but, knew about Penn State at the time. True. I, I don't but I don't know if it's like in in the Heisman culture, it's like a thing. Like which blew my mind the first year I was around it at Ohio State and saw it. Like there's like I said, there's literal mailers and like fact sheets and updates that go out to voters like pay attention oh, to this player. Okay, that's different. Yeah. Like Yeah. It, it shouldn't be overdone, but right, I don't right. think there's anything wrong with like look, if a player's going to the all star game or they want them to be nominated teams put together you know social media things interesting you know they have like it's small tidbits and in hockey like it's obviously much smaller than in other sports i know for baseball when they campaign for players it's it's on a much bigger scale and it shows the difference between hockey and other sports but there's nothing wrong with it i mean you look at alex ovechkin this entire year he's going that's john norris i'm not referring to him as john carlson that's john norris and Mm. he he's done it and the team jumped on it too a bit but they could they could take it up a notch obviously you know, a team like the Rangers could be talking about how good Panarin is without it being a slight at his teammates, but be saying he's our most valuable player. Have the players talk about what makes him so good and like add in little bits and pieces. Why not? Because like, I mean, Shayna accepted because Shayna literally knows like every player in the NHL and their favorite color and what their last play was and what line they were on. <laughs> but um, like, Sarah, I don't know about you, but I don't, I mean, I'm not as familiar as I could be with every single player's, like even every first line, first pair starting goaltender game in the league. Like I, it's just, it's such yeah, a hard Yeah, that's not ass. our job. Right. Our job is to be experts on one team. Right. And of course I pay attention to, I probably know a lot about every single player in the Metro. For sure. But like, but like 
and then you start to get out west and it's like yeah people have a point with the whole east coast bias and stuff like that but it's it is kind of like we should have, I think, a good idea to have like a package that maybe like the West sends to the East and the East sends to the West. It's so, yeah. it's fast. Because it, I mean, and we're going to, okay, so we all agree Panarin. Who are folks' other top picks for the heart, even though we've decided Panarin should get it regardless? <laughs> I'd put McKinnon in. Mm. Mm-hmm. A lot of injuries in Colorado, and he's kept on going, and, you yeah. know, he's he's fantastic every year. And they lost Ranson in twice this year. He lost Landeskog for some time. They were without McCarr. Lost they a were without their Yep. Grubauer got hurt and Francis had to take over. Burkowski got hurt for a minute. Kadri. You know, you go down the line and he just keeps on going. He's their best player. And they've been a you know, a team to watch the entire year, no matter who's out of the lineup, because you're watching McKinnon. It's true. It's true. Sarah, do you have any other picks for Hart? I mean, I feel like I have to pick Dreisaitl just because it's like he – I have to toss him in there somewhere and be like, yep, yeah, yeah, he deserves it. Um, he's like living in the shadow like Ashley Simpson of Connor McDavid, and now he's <laughs> emerged. And I'm like, good for you. Go off, Leon. Leon. That's fantastic. Spread your wings You're and right. learn how to fly. Now, speaking of bias, and I actually am working on an article, if anyone would like to host it anywhere um, – about how we evaluate defensemen because nothing pisses me off more than our next award, which is the Norris Trophy, which in theory is supposed to go to the best defenseman, but goes to the defenseman who scored the most points. Yeah. Usually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's something I'm passionate about. I would love to read that article. <laughs> yep. Me too. Because we, I mean, first of all, look, we don't, acknowledging we do not have a good way to measure defense it's hard to measure something that you prevent right but like the job of a defenseman isn't to score that's great but like it's just such a silly it's just silly I just ugh, I hate it I hate it so much and I every year they pick and it's nothing against the player they pick but it's it's just such a silly judgment call every single year and also the player they pick is never the player at the right time Drew Doughty won in a year that it wasn't his year. P.K. Subban wins. He should have won, you know, a different year. Now it's Victor Hedman's year, and you kind of can see the narrative going, and um, it's players who had fantastic past seasons, or maybe they're having a very good season and they have, like, a big name, but it's always All about reputation. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, well, maybe if you just gave the award to the player in the correct year they're supposed to win, everyone would be happy. (laughs) Interesting. Okay, so... Now that we've t- told you how much this award sucks, <laughs> who are who are our picks for the Norris this year? Let's give an honorary mention right now to the person who should have won it. Yep. Was on pace to win it. I think was all of our picks to win it before an injury cut his season short, which is so <laughs> unfortunate. But had he not gotten hurt, it was Dougie Hamilton's to lose. Poor Word. Dougie. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I just, the way that he evolved to he has somebody like rod Brindamore calling him the best player on the team the team's mvp and i'm like for him to earn somebody like rod Brindamore two-way games trust and to like he'd never played more minutes he'd never played on the pk before i'm sure he had at some point in his life but um for him to be on Brindamore's pk it's like that's the Brindamore like power play <laughs> you know um god and he was just cut like i don't know i feel really bad that's a shame but then if he can't win it, no one can, I guess, because this season's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, okay, so, but this is a good question. Like, 
how many games should a player have to play to be eligible? Not eligible. I know that that's not really a thing. But, like, should Dougie Hamilton still get votes? No. Yeah, at this point, probably not. Maybe if he played, like, two-thirds, if he missed, like, 20 games, I feel like you could deal with it. But at this point, like, I think he's stuck at, what, 45, 46, something like that. Okay. But the good news is he's probably going to be ready for the playoffs if the playoffs resume. Ever. Ever. (laughs) If there's just ever hockey again, guess who's going to be there? Dougie Hamilton. (laughs) All right, so after Dougie, who else is in our field? Um, Roman Yossi. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah Roman yeah. Yossi. Like, I, it's funny because you talk about points. He has, you know, he's not too far behind John Carlson. I think he's, is he second in points? I think so. But, yeah, I think he's leading or one of the leaders in uh, game score value added. He's one of the best yeah. in terms of goals above replacement. And I know it was on Fox Sports Tennessee. It was um, Lindsey Riley, Willie Donick, and Chris Mason did a segment on it using Dom Lucician's game score value added to talk about why Roman Yossi should be the pick for the Norris. And and they nailed it. Like he's doing everything. You could talk about a player that's evolved and taken strides. He's so good on both ends of the ice. And you know, even when Nashville was struggling, he was their best player. Yeah. Can I also say I think it's hilarious that everyone ignores advanced analytics until their the player on their <laughs> team is like number yeah, two to be the Norris winner. <laughs> it's so true. Now we like them. Now we like those stats. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But so- I think as much as it's not about points, I think Carlson makes a really good case for himself. Yeah. I think he was just so versatile and all around. Just absolutely yeah. Just blew that the roof off the place every night. Yeah, and it I mean yeah. that was that was at a rate, particularly at the start, that was yeah. to your point, like Historic. Yeah. Like that that did demand notice and attention. Because that was like not just a defenseman having a lot of points, that was like insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably be in the he'll probably win it. But like even if we Who, Carlson considered... or Yossi? Uh Carlson. Okay. I think Carlson, like, yeah. you know, it's from the start and everyone it. had it. But, um, I, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem. He would be in, like, my top four because yeah. I think I'm stuck between um, Carlson, Yossi, Hedman, and Petrangelo as my top four. And I think all four deserve, like, the nod, and I would give it to Yossi. But I, I won't be surprised if Carlson is the winner, and I I have no doubt he'll be in the top three just because of that start. The only other player award that we put on our short list, and we can come up with reasons why this – we're, we're just going to call this Why These Awards Suck – segment here is the calder which goes to the best rookie player in the league Mm. shana you noted some possible issues with the calder (laughs) yeah uh there seems to be some bias against players playing the ncaa i think you have two issues i think college players are sometimes you know there's bias against them from when they're drafted they'll go later than when they should and um the other part is age. You hear talked about a lot. You know, are they 18? Are they 21? Oh, are they 24? And sometimes that makes a difference. And I guess I understand if they're playing in a professional league, like the KHL, which is the next best league. Right. And they're 25 years old and you have an issue with it. Right. You know, but if you're 21 coming out of college, does that have to be a knock on you that you're not 18? You know, I think that's that's my biggest issue. So your picks are? My picks. <laughs> Uh, I, Makar is going to win it. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I would say it would be Makar. I would put Adam Fox second. Um, yes, I'm biased in it. Yeah, whatever. I'm biased, but (laughs) I have no problem saying it, but like the fact is he's playing on a 
god awful awesome. defensive team. Yeah, he he's the Rangers' best defenseman uh, by far, and he's been great on both sides of the puck. And it's not only that; it's not like he's playing with some all-star defender to get his feet wet either. You know, at first he was being shifted around. He played with Brady Shea and Mark Stahl. But then he played with Ryan Lindgren, another kid, and the two of them have been the most reliable. I would I would be giving him 20-something minutes a night, no question, if I was the Rangers coaching staff because I think he can handle it. So the fact that he's been so good and uh, as a two-way player and he, I guess, he's been consistent the entire year. I think that's a big part of it. I would put him in it. So I would say... You could easily go Quinn Hughes, McCarr, and and Adam Fox, and McCarr's going to win it. I don't think Fox actually gets into the top three. I know, like, uh, if Elvis Merz-Lincolns uh, played and didn't get injured, he would be in my top three right there. And the other one to consider for me is Mackenzie Blackwood. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, that was kind of a time to be alive with Mackenzie Blackwood, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, yeah. I feel like they managed him weirdly, but I also think – Maybe it's they're easing him in in his rookie year, and they didn't know what was about to happen. But he kind of went off there, so good for you, Mac Blackwood. <laughs> but I hate this. I hate the Calder, and I'm hating this so much because I love all these little. <laughs> Wait, don't don't put that in. I was gonna say I love all these little boys. Um, I think. <laughs> okay. I think that they're all doing amazing, sweetie. Um, and good job, all of you. This is like one of the best Calder um, For sure. races in a, a very long time. And it's all NCAA defensemen. So it's really hard for me to pick a favorite because i that's just my thing. That's what I love. Um, How great is it that they're all defensemen, though, too? Like, I, like, yeah. I just yeah. finished ranting about defensemen. Like, I, I get personal <laughs> joy that it's all defensemen. And John Marino had another defenseman in right there if he didn't miss Yeah, time. dude. That he's like good, good for everybody. I hope for them all. The friends we made along the way. <laughs> Who do you pick, Allison? Um, I'm definitely a Kale McCarr guy, um, girl, whatever I am. Jeez wow, you I've been, I've been in the house for too long. I know, um, dude. <laughs> no, I think I think it's him. I I was curious to see, to your point, Shana, if Elvis would get attention, but I think the injury definitely took away the, the spotlight that maybe he would have needed. Cause again, there's no campaigning. Um, but I, I like Mackenzie Blackwood and I like, again, diversity of position. I like yeah. thinking outside the box. Yeah. yeah, so absolutely. But you know what? I don't think Queen Hughes is getting enough credit here at all. It's true. I would yeah. agree. I, I would agree. I think I, it would be very hard for me to decide. I guess I might, it's going to come the time where I have to, but um, hard for me to decide between Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying the watching that, or I was enjoying them duke it out there. Um, if you think about this, is not how it, the votes go, but if you think about who's going to have a higher ceiling in years to come, you just you don't know. Maybe Makar, I don't know, but it's like it's just going to be so much fun to watch them for the next few decades. That's yeah. and that's the thing too. Like I think back to um, when Steve Mason won the Calder, and then like he flamed out, right? And so it's like it's such an interesting yeah. award. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. the last award we're going to do, and I can rail on this one also is the Jack Adams, which goes to the best coach in the league. And I am here owning that it's the team I cover and owning that this is probably not going to happen, that John motherfucking Tortorella deserves this award this season. And I know it's going to go to Mike Sullivan probably, but for the love of God, if you paid attention to what happened in Columbus, 
the talent that left, the insurmountable number of injuries over, it was 420 man games lost. They were averaging six players out of the starting lineup every game and had 10 or more players out for 10% of the season. And they were in a playoff spot when the league hit pause. Like, that's insane. Okay. I know yeah. this is kind of just like a basic stupid question, but obviously that's a good case for him. But I'm wondering, like, how much of an impact, do, like, what can coaches do to have an impact on making injuries not matter? It's just the way they slot players and, like, the time on ice and things like that or motivation or what do you think it is? I, well, I think for – it's a great question. I think for torts in particular. So the Blue Jackets were also one of the top two teams in terms of youth – and number of rookies playing. And so I think when you talk about the ability to prepare those players, have them be effective in a system, build a system that allows them to be effective. And then, you know, a big thing that players talk about, to me at least, is, you know, the ability to motivate, to help draw focus, prepare a team to play. His ability to do that is kind of insane. And so yeah. those those would be the factors I would see, but I am very welcome to other opinions on that. Um, I, I would agree with all that, and I'm going to add in. Um, this obviously isn't a consideration, but I think it should be a part of the discussion because Torts, Torts is my pick. There's no question about it. I think Mike Sullivan's going to get a nod. Uh, David Quinn would be an interesting one to get a nod for me. I think that the Rangers have some – Love him. Yeah, there's some there's some issues with their coaching this I was year, and they say, Shana. <laughs> yeah, I talk shit about coaching all the time. That's my job. I'm here to talk shit. I get paid money to talk shit about teams, and then hear shit back, and then spew it right back. But um, <laughs> a thankless job. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Quinn, the thing is, the Rangers did make tactical adjustments. I think it was around December. They kept their pairs in place. They figured out what worked as best as it could. You know, some of the kids did get those opportunities. I think that things went a little wonky with Kako this year, and they weren't sure how to coach him, but you can see it with Fox and Lingren and um, Zabanajad and figuring out how Ryan Strom and Foss would work with Panarin, which is, you know, you could argue that shouldn't be a thing every day. And I'm one of those people that argued maybe it shouldn't be a thing every day, but you can't argue that it, it worked. And that team should have been much lower in the standings and shouldn't have been in the playoff mix in the way that they came together. And the biggest thing was with him, and it you could see it last year at the end of the year when the team was much worse, was their resiliency and how they would come down in these games and they'd be and they'd manage to come back. And the biggest one this year was that one against Montreal. They came back and it was much more of a statement, you know, coming from a Quinn team and it's something that was a big difference from years past. But I would give it to Torts. And I think the thing that we should be talking about with him also is his evolution as a coach, mm -hmm. because he was someone that was as traditional as it got, had some issues, you know, as defensive, the biggest defensive team in New York. There were obvious issues in Vancouver. He stepped away. He learned what he was doing wrong and decided, let me expand my mind a bit. And this something else. And you wrote about, you know, it's one of my favorite stories you did is about how the Columbus Blue Jackets use analytics and how they have data driven decision making. And Tortorella spoke about tracking scoring chances and things like that. That's If you told me that 10 years about Tortorella, I'd probably laugh in your face. <laughs> but um, he learned and figured out what works and let me expand my mind and my coaching and figure out how to be better. And he's done that with Columbus. Sarah? Um, I came in here thinking Mike Sullivan, but I think you guys are like convinced me otherwise i just think um, i mean he did an incredible about his job. evolution he, he no, i think i'd still vote for mike selvin just underneath the circumstances um and everything and that tweet that's like 
every like every time you look at the penguins they have mark donk and <laughs> lubbert or whatever and they're like scoring 30 points on crosby's wing but uh so true i think well they come from the same school of thought sully and towards yeah and i think obviously that's working being kind of a hard ass but also being a human being maybe mm-hmm. i don't know but um i think that towards has definitely learned that it seems at least and i like um I love the evolution and the growth. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, and, and yeah, I don't want to take anything away from Mike Sullivan because he's done a tremendous job. Yeah. And But I think, too, that that there was an overall buoying of talent on that roster that maybe Columbus didn't necessarily yeah. have, yeah. even when Crosby was out. And th- there were significant... Malkin, no yeah. problem. Let me just go 1,000 points per game. No, no worries, yep. guys. Got it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, if, if Mike Sullivan gets it, I'm certainly not going to be mad about it. So yeah, on to our player superlatives as selected by the illustrious Shayna Goldman. Uh, <laughs> this week we are picking first the player with the best pets. Sarah, go. Oh my God. Um, well, David Backus has like 20 dogs and he has a dog um foundation yes. to like foster animals i've donated it to it a few times because i think it's awesome what he does um i might have to give that to him but at the same time lucas walmart's pug is the cutest little chubbiest thing i've ever seen <laughs> so we're gonna yeah and also justin williams just got a really cute jo- dog so him too everybody's getting dogs it's crazy i know except me <laughs> it's only a matter of time you can do fo- you can do fostering like Marat did. No, yeah. I need a boyfriend first. Any takers? Um... I think it's easier to take okay. care of a dog. <laughs> Shayna, best pet for the Rangers? Um, I would give it to Jacob Truba. He has like this adorable. I don't even know fully what kind of dog this is. It's like a little wolf pup, and if you go on his Instagram, it, it's absolutely positively adorable. So, I mean, I want to give all the dogs the rankings, but. Yeah, so if in Columbus Blue Jacket world, it's not only necessary to have a cute pet, but it is also necessary to have an Instagram for your cute pet to be in consideration. Um, And so because of that, I'm going to pick Elvis Merzlikin's dog, Kobe, um, who not only has an Instagram, but does full on narration of the entire family's life, Elvis and his girlfriend and the dog. So we're going to go with Kobe, but I must go outside the team. And have, have you guys seen Lawson Krause's dog? Who's? Lawson Krause. No. No. Okay, I'm sending you this dog's Instagram. It's flipping hilarious. It's amazing. It's like a also, little... Um, what's the th- What are the things that look like pugs but aren't pugs but still have that like flat face? Um, it's right on the French tip. French Bulldog? Yes, it's one of those. And it's amazing. Shana, do you I have also want one? to give a shout out to Matt Murray's ginormous dogs. Oh, I they're insane. They're so I insane. I think he has two oh of them. Oh my God, and, no. Yeah. And he's so tall and thin and he just has these massive dogs and I love it. Wait, also Zach Aston Reese just got a new dog and um, I know because I follow him and it's absolutely adorable. Yeah, Scott Harrington just got this little puppy this weekend and it's insane and does have an Instagram. So God bless. Most superstitious player on the team, Shana. Who do you think? Henrik Lundqvist. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, his superstitions have been talked about for years. Like, I remember 
years ago, I think it was Brian Boyle talking about it. Like he couldn't even be in the same room because he like would try to make him laugh or try to have a conversation with him. And it was like, nope, not happening. Don't talk to Lundquist on game day. Don't get in his face. Stay out of his way. Let him do his routine. He is incredibly superstitious. Okay. Sarah? Well, I tried to do this story and I actually just read about it in my like blooper story. But um, I, so I went up to Ryan Dizengle. I'm like, do you have any superstitions and he's like nope the season's too long i always drink iced coffee and table turbine and it's like nope just normal guy take a nap i'm like okay who has weird superstitions and then this angle was like hall is weird go talk to him so i'm like okay hi eric um do you have any weird superstitions i hear you're weird and he's like nope and then i'm like does anybody and dougie i think was injured at the time so i didn't get to ask him but i know that he is out there stretching like an hour before every game I don't, that's not really weird that's like very normal but um <laughs> he does something different and I've heard that Nino is I mean I did a player poll and they all said Nino is the most superstitious he changes stick like every day interesting um, one time I tried to ask Rod Brindamore about that I'm like well do you think it's interesting that he was in a drought and kept changing his stick and then he scored and he was like oh is that what happened I'm like, <laughs> I don't know so this this question leaves a bad taste in my mouth <laughs> For, for the Blue Jackets, I don't know why, but I, this is just my read. And I almost, like, feel bad saying this, but I don't think it's a bad... I think Cam Atkinson is probably super superstitious. Um, but you know who's crazy superstitious? Or maybe he's just more public about it? Is Matt Duchesne. Like, he has to... Oh, I've seen an article about this. Yeah, Porty wrote it last year. Like, he has to nap at the... It's all about nines. Everything's about the number nine. And, like, he has to sit on the bench when, like... The clock is at a nine. It's it's all like, and he has to nap at a nine time. Like it's <laughs> crazy. So Matt Duchesne is super superstitious. Moving on, not just a little stitious. <laughs> little stitious, superstitious, <laughs> medium stitious. It's a quarantine, baby. We're cracking dad jokes. <laughs> we are not adding a dad joke section. I am sorry. Nope. <laughs> I will. No, I will no, quit no, first. No. I will too. Okay, fuck, Mary kill. Shayna, you are up first. Here are your choices. 24-team playoff format, August-September playoffs, or standard 16-team format? All right. Um, okay, so it's hard because it might, like, one answer might contradict the other because, like, I'm going to start like this. I'm killing the August-September playoff idea. Yes, which- terrible. Yeah, and this might... Oh, my God. I yeah. mean, no offense, but I want to go see my family. <laughs> I want a life. Yeah. But, like, I think the challenge with it is, like, no matter what these formats that we're talking about, like, it might come down to if they're going to happen it's August or September. So, like, keeping that in mind, I'm still killing it. Um, there is there is not enough time to turn around for the next season. You put your body through hell to go through the playoffs, and then to say you got a month, we're speeding it up. Next season's going on, and they don't want to impact next season at all, which I completely, totally understand and agree with, unless they're saying mm-hmm. we're cutting it down by 5, 10 games. I feel like that could be negotiated with. But, you know, they really don't want to screw with it. I agree. You don't want it that now. You mess up one year of playoffs, and you push off the season one year. It, it can have a trickle-down effect for years to come until you're, like, settled and right, so you don't want that. Um, the 16-team format, I'm going to say I'll fuck. But I do have, like, one contingent thing. I think everyone needs to get to an even number of games. Yes. And then you take the 16. Yeah. So maybe that even number of games is 70 games. Or, you know, whatever, whoever has the most, maybe they get one more and everyone has to play up to that. So um, that's what I would go with. And then 
I would marry the 20 team, 24 team playoff format because I do like this idea and it's a way instead of having everyone play for it, just let the teams that didn't make it right now uh, duke it out and try to make it in because they all have a shot and I think it would be super chaotic and is something that we need. And I'm not saying the playoffs aren't serious and all of that stuff, but if you want to add like a fun twist to it, that could be it. Okay. Sarah, your choices. Um, I'm going to marry the 24 team format. I used to not be on board with that, but now I think it's hilarious. Like <laughs> I want the Red Wings to win the 2019, 2020 Stanley Cup. I'm rooting for that. Obviously they're not in the 24 team, but like, just, I want the worst team to just be like, screw you guys. We're going to win whatever. It's been a tough year. We need something crazy to happen. Um, I would kill August, September because like, I would lose my mind. I'm just being honest. And um, I don't know. I guess I'd get through it. It's not the worst thing to do. I have to go to a hockey game. But, like, I thought I'd be able to come home right now, and I'm not. And it's just, like, I really would love to hug my mom. So, NHL, don't make me not hug my mom. Best and ever. <laughs> I would fuck the 16-team playoff because that's just, like, that's fine. <laughs> I, I have no different picks than either of you. Um, and I would only add that for the August and September playoffs, I would kill them because like the compression of what still has to happen then between that and then the start of the yeah, season on time is stupid. This just yeah, It's dumb. not going to be good hockey and everyone's going to be rushed and miserable. Well, and what if you, well, get... I know that like some of the players wanted it, but right. I think they would regret it. I'm just going to talk like I'm their moms. I don't think. Well, and what if well, someone such gets... a good idea, mister? What if someone gets hurt in September? Yeah. It affects their trade value. They don't get tra- like like the trickle down is just show. it's it's insane. It's yep. insane. And what's the likelihood of you getting hurt early in the next season now because you just played so close, yeah. you know, or you didn't let it heal or you know, that's a lot on goaltenders too. We talk about it. You think like Cam mm-hmm. Talbot a couple of years ago in Edmonton and it's like, "Oh my god, they ran him into the ground and then they broke him." Right. That's going to happen to so many goalies. It's a good point. It's a Absolutely. really good point. Okay, we've got another one here. This is a rule-based one. Fuck, Mary kill, Sarah. Offside. Icing. Or puck over the glass. This is so rude. I just, like, <laughs> this is so mean. Um, but I guess it's the quarantine, so I'll take what I can get. Like, times are desperate. Um, <laughs> but we got to stay six feet away somehow. Um, let me think. Um... Well, you didn't say offside review. You just said offside. Correct. So I will. um, I'll marry icing because you know what? We all get tired sometimes. Get a catch a little breather. It'd be a nice, relaxing little skate through life. Um, I would fuck offsides because um, because I just can't stand puck over the glass that I would kill because I can't. I would never live with myself. I couldn't be able to look at myself the next morning if I did puck over the glass. <laughs> I'd have to check myself into, like, therapy forever. Shayna? Um, I'm going to marry icing, too. Um, that, that's definitely, like, my go-to move. Like, if I'm if I'm playing, whether it's, like, real life or, like, yeah, if I'm playing, like, like NHL, yeah, I'm pissed. I'm icing the puck or I'm taking a penalty. One or the other is happening, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have to dig myself out from the hole, and it's fine. But, like, I know that would be, like, my go-to. Um, I fucking hate both of the other two. 
Like, I don't I know. Kill him. I don't want to kill them both. Um, okay, I know we said it doesn't have to do with the reviews, but when I think offside, all I think about is the offside reviews. And, oh, my God, I hate them so much. I get why the rule's there. I know. I understand. But it's it's too much that I have to kill it. It's ruined everything. Sorry, offside. You're out. And um, I'll fuck puck over glass because, like, you know, accidents happen. And, you know, like, maybe you're like, oh, yeah, just popped over. Whoops. See, and that's why I have to kill Puck over the glass because, like, I literally this season I turned to Aaron Porcelain. I was like, just end the get rid of the rule. It's the stupidest rule ever. Like, it's just dumb because I get it why it was originally put in place, but like, it just totally kills play sometimes for something that's not even intended, right? Like, I I just think it's like it's not as much of a delay of game as the penalty delaying the game is. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'm killing Puck over the glass. Um, I am. I am going to. Oh, this is sucks. <laughs> um, I'm going to marry. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change things up. I'm going to marry offsides because I feel like through a long-term relationship we can change the behavior. And, and come okay. together and fuck icing because it just pisses me off. But I get it. So th- those are my choices. Um, we have one non-hockey fuck, Mary kill. Thanks, as always, to our listeners for continuing to submit these. I'm going to make Shana go last. Sarah, you're going to go first. <laughs> okay, here we go. Pie, cake, or ice cream. Well, I'm lactose intolerant, so we're going to kill ice cream. Unless it's like dairy-free, I like that stuff. I would... But I hate cake, too. I'm not really... I like cookies, but I will fuck cake because it's, like, nice and um, soft, I guess. <laughs> I would marry pie. I mean, apple pie hits the spot on a good day, especially my mom's. Like, everybody has that one pie, and it just reminds me of, like, good vibes, good... Thanksgiving vibes. Yeah, I will I will marry pie because it's so versatile, right? Like you can make so many different pies. So I'm going to marry pie. Oh, this is... You know what? I'm actually not a super big cake person. I enjoy cake. But here's the thing with cake. Like a good or a bad icing can totally make or break the cake. So, yeah, oh, absolutely. So cake is far too dependent on variables it cannot control. And as Nadine Maserol of Ohio State likes to say, we control our controllables. So I'm going to kill cake. Um, and I'm going to fuck ice cream. Yes. Shayna? Fair. Okay. I go last because I am the garbage person here when it comes to snacks. Um, I'm going to marry ice cream. Big ice cream fan. Uh, you can have it like soft serve regular. There's so many flavors, the toppings. And I really like that, you know, you can like do whatever you want with it. And there's so many options with ice cream. So... I'm going to marry that. Um, I agree with you guys on cake. And icing's a big thing. And the other thing is, like, it can get really dry really quickly. Ooh, good and, point. Yeah. So, like, I like cakes that are, like, layered with icing in between. And I'm a very big cupcake person because you can inject it with icing before you ice the top and have filling. Or you can do that thing where you cut the cupcake in half and flip it upside down so that it's, like, a sandwich and the icing's in the middle. So it's, like, you're not just eating dry cake. But um, pie wins, you know. There's so many, you can have sweet, you can have things with fruit, you can have chocolate pudding pie, like that, that's that got to be it. So I'm going to fuck pie and I'm going to kill cake. <laughs> there you have it. 
final category, as always, my friends, is alternate, is our top three. And our top three that we're going to discuss is the top three alternate jerseys. And I have to say before we do this, and Shana, you're one of these people who's very, very passionate about the jerseys. So we apologize in advance, even though all of our takes are still correct, which I'll probably hate myself for saying after we start. Um, <laughs> but Shana, you're, you're, you're big on the jersey opinions whenever they're released. So what are your top three alternates? Well, see, it's just I like talking shit. I like fashion. <laughs> so you pair them together and you're talking shit about the NHL's fashion. There you go. Um, top three. Arizona with the Kachina jersey. I, I love it. I love everything about it. It's chaotic. There's the pattern on the sleeve that separates the stripe I think is so fun. And, you know, it's something that was taken away and brought back and people still love it so much. Like, And the way that you can goaltenders with their pads and their, their helmets to go along with it the designs like Kemper and Ronta have come up with are so good too that it like really completes the look. So that's one. Uh, two is Calgary. The it's another retro look, but it's that should be their home jersey in my opinion. They should go back to that being home and then do an away version of it. Uh, I don't love the black sleeves that they have as their standard home jersey, and you know the red and the yellow it pops. It's bright, it's vibrant, and I feel like there's so many black jerseys in this league, and you know no one else has really so. Um, I would go with that, and I really do like Winnipeg's outdoor game one, but that's not their alternate, and I think their alternate kind of sucks, so I'm going to go with the Hurricanes black jerseys. Because I love I the Hurricanes black jerseys. They're pretty good. Them. They're the, so good. They still the guys have, love, like, um... Yeah, I see why. They they brought in, like, things that they had the black jersey a couple years ago, and this is, like, a nice version of it that it's, like, it's more updated, and, you know, it compliments their home jersey really well like that i actually love their home jersey too so um that's what i'm gonna go with sarah okay and if shana like loves jerseys i never have opinions on them <laughs> i'm just like i can't wear them what's the point but like do the, do the canucks still have the ones that are like the yellow and the red like a yes. hot dog oh yeah yes that's their Most of my number one is that their alternate this year or is it the other one they've worn it it they was. Had like I know that they've worn it. Right? The black one, yeah. the old retro. Oh, oh, you with the skate one. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those are great. Those are sweet. Yeah, those are their heritage okay. jerseys, apparently. Yes, 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 yes. But I'll. You know what? I'm still gonna use them. Okay. And I liked. Hmm. I didn't like the Blackhawks one at all. No. Nope. The ducks. I mean, you gotta go with that. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. The mighty duck version and, or the orange one? Yeah, the mighty duck version. Okay. Always. I mean, if that's an option, I'm always gonna pick it. And the hurricanes. Yeah, that was. Um, they looked like little spies. <laughs> little spies. <laughs> So I am, we'll go three for three. I love the Carolina Blacks. They're so cool. I just, every time they play in them, I love them. I always remark on them. I, they never get And they have like, me. they win so much more when they play in them. Is that a new stat, Sarah? Jerseys it's per 60? Yeah. Right. I like I this. Like we, can, we can chart this up. I like this. Yeah, we need a chart for that. Give me a chart. <laughs> chart me, baby. I am going to pick, while I do love the Vancouver um, heritage jerseys that Sarah loved, I... Because they're insane, I love the black, the cheesy ass 70s, like. Oh my God. 
Come on, it's amazing. It's so bad. It's they're amazing. They're so bad, but so good. That's right. Like, they're so bad. They're, like, the Washington ones are just bad. I don't care for those. But, like, the Vancouver yes. ones are so bad, they're good. So I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of the Vancouver black ones. And I also love, love, love the when St. Louis threw back to their 90s jerseys. The one, is that the light blue one or the one with the red? The one with the red. Okay. That I loved. Again, just... Give me pure cheese, pure retro, like, ridiculousness. I am totally here for it all day, every day. And, again, we are all correct in our takes, just as I promised. As always. (laughs) All right, guys. Did we miss anything? Anything else we want to tell our wonderful, wonderful listeners? Oh, the Graph Mm -hmm. Me Up is going to be a sticker very soon. Awesome. (laughs) I love that. Awesome. Dom actually did. I'm like, I am writing something tomorrow, and then he gave it to me, and then I didn't end up writing it. But I'm writing it right now, so sorry, Dom. <laughs> it's not a graph either. It's just info, but guess what? I'll take it. <laughs> but I hope everybody is okay mentally. Check on your friends. Check on everybody. Hugs for everybody. Love you. Awesome. Yeah, and don't forget, please, if you haven't already, um, keep continuing to follow us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man um we put all of our updates there when new episodes come out when we have uh, merchandise promos we're going to try and do a couple of those every so often to help you guys take advantage of some lower pricing and some special deals we're adding stuff there all the time like shana said and particularly in these times we just so 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 appreciate the support um our first purchase is going to be a a new mic for sarah so (laughs) stay stay tuned please take me out of this misery (laughs) but um we just really appreciate you guys um thank you so much for hanging with us and listening to the show and keep those nominations for superlatives and fuck mary kill coming and we will be back with you next week take care